Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Uh, my name is Dominic Insinius. I'm the leader here at The Heart, and we're starting a new series today. It's going to be three weeks long uh, called Before We Leave. Before we leave, before we get out of here, before 2021 is gone, I know that 2021 was really great for some people, really terrible for some people, and just kind of uh, a 2020 hangover for some of us as well. Okay. You say hangover one time. Siri wants to talk to you. And, and the reason this is three, uh, three weeks long is there is no church in person on the 26th of December. Every year at the end of the year, the last Sunday, we, uh, we, have, we don't have church in person. We uh, want to give the people that serve here a break. We want to give you time to rest and reflect and relax and really enjoy that time off with family and friends. So the 26th, there will be no church uh, in person. Now, this idea of before we leave, we were kind of thinking like as we're wrapping up the year as a team, wrapping up the year as an organization, we're wrapping up the year as individual families, and we're trying to, what has God done? One of the questions we asked each other is, what have we seen God do this year? What have we seen God do in our life? Let me ask you that. What have you seen God do in your life this year? Some of us have had some big moments, some milestone moments where God has done something really, really big, and maybe you can't think of the last time that God has done something big in your life, the last time God has showed up in a big way. I know that for myself, I have these like kind of milestones in my life, some of these bigger moments where I could remember kind of like, I remember my faith taking a, a, a turn, or this is, this is where something big happened in my faith, and I can look back at my life and, and see these kind of flags put along the journey. I remember when God did that. I remember when I prayed for this, and that happened. Or I remember when I prayed for this, and it didn't happen. See, big things in our life, big moments in our life, are not just when something great, something amazing happens. In fact, a lot of times, we pass those right by. A lot of us here, well, everyone here, a lot of us here woke up this morning, felt good enough to get ready. Maybe you got yourself something to eat. Maybe you got yourself some coffee and you came to church because you wanted to. That's pretty cool. Sometimes we take those kinds of things for granted. And this isn't about, uh, I'm not going to, you know, jump on you with guilt and you should be more grateful for everything you have in life. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, maybe you can. But I would never say should. Uh, I would never say could or would. Those are bad words. A lot of times, it's the incredibly big negative moments that we tend to remember. It's the, it's the things that we prayed for or wanted or needed and we missed. We didn't get those. And before we leave, before we leave this year, I want us to set our faith up for a big year next year. Now, I know time is all relative and nothing's going to be different, you know, a month and a half from now than right now as far as where we're at in life, but we can bring a fresh perspective into the new year. So before we leave, let's maybe take a look at what God has done, what God has done in our life. When I was, uh, 
When I was growing up with Corbin, and I say growing up with Corbin because my son Corbin, he was 20, or sorry, I was 22 years old when he was born. And at the time, that seemed old enough. I look back now, and I'm like, can you even imagine? I can't imagine, because it happened. And, you know, pretty early on, um, I, uh, him, uh, uh, Corbin's mom and I, we got divorced, and, uh, you know, that was no fun. Um, and then uh, not too long after that, maybe a year or so later, I met, fell in love, and got married to Amber. And so part of this thing with divorce, I'm sure you've seen movies if you haven't experienced it yourself, is the children have to go back and forth to custody, visits, sleepovers, spend the nights. And I struggled very early on with feeling like a part-time dad, right? We would, he, he would come over and sometimes he would have an attitude and so we'd want to, you know, we got to ground him or you got to, you know, gotta, what, do the, what do the books say to do? You know, we got to spank him or I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever we got to do. And then it's like, okay, well, hold on. He's only going to be here for a few days. Is he just going to be in trouble the whole time he's here? He's going to be grounded from that day we pick him up and then dropping him back off at school or back off at his mom's house. And, okay, he was grounded the whole time. I hope he, he'll talk about that in therapy when he's 20. Every time I went to my dad's, I was grounded. And so, that, so we, Amber and I, we started to think, man, that's something we really need to be praying about. Is we would read stories of God doing a bunch of things in a small amount of time. God, God doing big things that were impossible naturally, but God could do big things. We read about it here. People would tell us about it. This God that would do big things. I thought maybe, maybe, what if God could multiply the time that we have with Corbin? What if he could just you know, supernaturally, whatever, however that works in heaven. I don't know how heaven dollars work, you know, but if God could just supernaturally multiply the time that we were spending together as a family. So even though it was just two days, it would feel, it would satisfy our, our need for family time, and it would fill that up seven days worth. Now, I don't know how math works in heaven, but that's what we were praying for. That it didn't feel like we were part-time parents. I didn't want to be a part-time dad. I wanted to be a full-time dad that didn't get to see his son maybe as much as other dads do. That was very important for me early on. And at this point, there had been a few things that had happened in my life where I thought, well, I can probably expect God to do something there. And then there was a part of me that was like, how would I even know if he did? You know, how, there's, there's not really a, a way to quantify that other than just how I feel. And I would never be able to really know if it affected Corbin. So it was something that I was kind of putting my faith into something that I wasn't quite sure how to approach it, if it would work, if God was even listening, and if that was something that he could do, if that was something he even wanted to do. Have you ever done that for you? Have you ever done something that you, you, you let yourself hope a little bit? You let yourself expect God a little bit. Depending on where our life has been, depending on how we grew up, some of us grew up in, in, in a very faith-filled home. It was easy to talk about faith. It was easy to have faith for things. Some of us have had a life where after so many times, you start to wonder, maybe God's up there, but he's sure not looking out for my family. Maybe he's up there, but he's got his eyes closed or he's distracted because there's been a few times in my life where I really needed him to come through. I really needed something to happen, and he wasn't there. And it can be difficult 
to expect God to do something if the last time you asked him to do something, it didn't get done. It can be difficult to trust God, to hope from God. If the last time you let yourself hope a little bit, you were let down. And so I want to I dig into a, a, a scripture today, a verse today in the book of Joshua. And a lot of times, in fact, just in the past series, we talked about this idea of we don't want to be looking back. We want to reflect on what has happened to us, and we want to be moving forward, always forward, progress, progress, progress. And I do want progress for your faith. I want progress for your family. I want progress for your journey in mental health. But I want to talk today about the power of remembering what God has done. So before we jump into Joshua 4, verses 4 through 7, let me set, set it up for you, okay? If you're not familiar with the Bible or not familiar with Bible stories, that's okay. You might have heard about a man named Moses, okay? The very, very short, dom version of this is Moses was picked by God to lead his people, the nation of Israel, out of slavery in Egypt, so Moses, you know, and my, you might have seen this in the movies, Moses gets all the people, the Red Sea splits, they walk through the sea, and then it kills all the Egyptians, and everybody's happy, except the Egyptians in this story. Not, not talked about a lot. So they get across, and Moses gets in trouble by God. He, he, got, he did the wrong thing, and, and God says, okay, now you... And your generation won't ever get to make it to the promised land. So fast forward to the time Moses, he dies. And somebody takes over, and that man is Joshua. And very early on, God is setting up Joshua. As the story goes here, God is setting up Joshua to be the next Moses, to be the next leader, to lead people into the promised land, the land that God has ready for them. And so they're getting ready, they, they, they find where they're going to go, they're going to attack the city of Jericho, Jericho is the first city they need to take over, and so they're getting ready to go, Joshua gathers all, uh, all of them up, reminds them why they're there, and then they start to walk, and when they start to walk, they cross the Jordan River, the Jordan River splits. So the author is doing a good job of saying, hey, remember when Moses did that in the last book? Now Joshua's doing it, see, he is the new Moses. So Joshua and the nation of Israel, everybody walks through. And we're going to pick up right after they walked through the river. It says there wasn't a dry, or there was not even a wet foot after people were done walking. So this is chapter 4. Here, I'll start, I'll start with chapter uh, uh, Verse 1, and then we'll get to here. Okay, hold on, stay with me. When the whole nation was finally across, God spoke to Joshua. Select 12 men from the people, a man from each tribe, and tell them from right there, from right here, the middle of the Jordan, where the feet of the priests are standing firm, take 12 stones, carry them across with you, and set them down in the place where you camp tonight. So let's pick up here. Josh called out 12 men, selected from the people of Israel, one man for, uh, per tribe. Joshua directed them, cross to the middle of the Jordan and take your place in front of the chest of God, your God. Each of you have to stone to your shoulder a stone for each of the tribes of the people of Israel. So you'll have something later to mark the occasion. So when your children ask you, what are these stones to you? Why are these stones here? You will say the flow of the Jordan was stopped in front of the chest of the covenant of God as it crossed the Jordan River, stopped in its tracks. These stones are a permanent memorial for the people of Israel. 
let's put these 12 stones here so that no matter how long we live or our kids live or their kids live, we can always remember what God has done. It's put 12 stones here as a memorial. Not keep dwelling here, not live here, not stay here where God did something. Let us remember what God has done and move forward. And if we can go back, can you imagine what it would be like? Let's say you and I, we were, you were part of the crew, and we were walking across, and maybe some of your doubters are like, it's going to be wet. We know it's going to be wet. You know how you are. And so we get across, we get across the Jordan River, and 12 of us are picked to go do these stones. And what an, what, a, what an incredible thing to look back and say, these, th- these are the stones that we passed. This is where we were. This is where God did something incredible because he was making a path, literally, he was making a way. Waymaker's coming up. He was making a way for his people to go where they needed to go. Now, imagine that happened last week, last month, last year. Can you imagine, put, put yourself in that position, can you imagine going back to that area? Maybe, maybe a year has passed and some things have gone down in your life and some things went okay, some things haven't been going quite as okay. And you see these 12 stones and it reminds you of what God has done. Do you think, maybe, and maybe if you don't think this, maybe you can imagine it, can you imagine that seeing those stones, remembering what God has done, remembering that God has done something huge in your life, wouldn't that prompt your faith? Wouldn't that awaken your faith? Wouldn't that activate your faith a little bit more than it was the day before? Wouldn't that allow you to hope a little bit more, to expect a little bit more when you allow yourself, when we allow ourselves to remember what God has done? Now, i got to be careful here. We did a series uh, last year, maybe two years ago, uh, called Spiritual Bypass. If you haven't listened to that series, I strongly recommend it. It's a good one. Spiritual Bypass, what we did is we talked about how sometimes we can say certain phrases, we can say certain things that spiritually sound right, but we're using it to bypass feelings and emotions we don't want to deal with. Let me tell you what I mean. Only look back. If I say look back and look at the great things that God has done, what we might miss is I, 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 I want you to look back, but I don't want you to just remember all. Now, now let's change it and we'll say I want you to remember all the terrible things that have happened to you. Let's line it up. Remember all those times you prayed for God to help you and he didn't? Let's think about those. Remember that time you prayed for God to heal this and he didn't? Let's think about that. It's kind of depressing. But see, here's what I'm saying is when we look back and we look back at the great things God has done, we're not doing that to pretend that everything else didn't happen. See, one angle of that is we're only going to look at the good things because we don't want to think about the times God let us down. We're only going to look at the good things because we don't want to think about the time that we missed that prayer, that something was missing in our life. That's one angle. Another angle is, I'm going to go back and look at the things that God has done on this journey of ups and downs. 
And yes, there have been times where I prayed for something and it didn't happen, where I've needed something and it didn't happen, where I've wanted a relationship to work and it didn't. Those things are in there and we're not pretending they don't exist. We're not trying to make them disappear. We are saying that God is bigger than those. It's like a, like a confirmation bias. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone, and if they're here in the room or next to you, don't, you know, make a side eye or do this. You ever been in a relationship with someone that you really love, that you're head over heels, and they do something that bothers you a little bit? Let me tell you a reaction you have. If you love this person, you think they're great. Here's your reaction you have. Huh. That's weird that they did that. They don't usually do that. They probably didn't know that hurt my feelings because they're not the kind of person that wants to hurt my feelings. They're usually a lot sweeter than that. Here's another conversation. That's a, that's a positive confirmation bias. Okay, you ready for that? I think you guys are ready for the next one. I come home. This is not a real thing. I come home and let's say I had asked Amber to do the laundry. She doesn't. I do the laundry. I love doing laundry. I say, can you do the laundry? And I come home, and the laundry's not done. Here's a negative confirmation bias. Oh, here we go. I knew it. You think I didn't know this laundry wasn't going to get done? She never does the laundry when I ask. Of course it wouldn't be done. See that? I've already forgotten the times she did do the laundry. I've already forgotten how much I love my wife because I am ready to see where she is letting me down. But what if, what if God, what if in your relationships, what if in your marriage, what if in your children, you were willing to see not where you were let down, but where did something big happen in my life? Where was something significant? Because I want that to prompt my heart to have more faith. I want that to activate my faith, to hope for more and expect more from God. If you're taking uh, notes today, or you can take a photo of the screen here, I want you to uh, write this down or take a photo of this. Remembering what God has done creates expectation of what God will do. If we're these people that pass the river, dry land, we put the stones here, the stones are dry, and if we can remember what God has done, now we know God can move rivers. God can stop the flow of a river. God can bring us to where he said he was going to do. I wonder what else God can do. Now my expectation changes because I've seen God do big things. I've seen God do something big. Maybe he can do it again. Why couldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Remembering what God has done creates expectation, and that's what I want for your faith today. That's what I want for you in your faith, in your life, is to have a faith of expectation. Expecting God to move. Expecting God to speak. Expecting God to be there. Okay, I want you to write this down too. Expecting God to do big things is easier when we look at the things he's done. Not only does it create expectation, but everything that you can kind of look at in your life. That's what I was doing this week as I, was, as I was preparing for this, and I was thinking, okay, what has God done in my life? And off the top of the head, there was five, six, seven things. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot that God did something there. I forgot about that, that prayer that I 
stayed with forever, that expectation that I brought with me. This expectation that I had of multiplying time with Corbin. I didn't even understand it. I didn't even know what it means. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this now that he is in college, now that he is officially out of the house, you know what I mean? Now that he's out, I can look back and say, I, 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 can, I can honestly tell you that I never felt like a part-time dad. I never felt like we were missing time. Even though you know, does it doesn't make sense physically, logically, of course we were missing time together. Of course we were apart. There was a while where I would only see him uh, uh, one day a week and then every other weekend. And obviously we, we loved to be there with him instead of not with him. But this prayer, this expectation changed the way we approached our time together. And you might be able to say, well, yeah, Dom, if you're just changing your approach and changing your expectation then maybe that would have happened anyway. Maybe, but what I'm telling you, <laughs> what I'm telling you is this is my prayer to God. I expected God to do something there, and I can tell you something was done. I can look, up, I can look back now, him being 18 years old, and feel like I was there for every moment in his life. I feel like I got to be a part of everything he did. Even if I wasn't there physically, we would do a phone call. If it wasn't a phone call, it was a video call, whatever, whatever it was. What has God done in your life, and how can we use that? How can we remember what he's done to prompt our heart? In fact, here's the last one. The good that God has done doesn't erase all that we've missed. That's what I was saying earlier is I, I, I want you to reflect. I want you to look back. I want you to remember what God has done and not just skip over the stuff that we've missed. But when we look at the good, when we look at the big things that God has done, it can prompt our heart to expect and to hope. I want you to expect hope. I want you to expect God to move and work in your life. I want to be able to expect God to move. And I got to tell you, I have days that are pretty low. I'm pretty good at feeling down on myself. And I'll have days that I feel low and I don't feel like expecting. I don't feel like hoping. I feel like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. Big whoop. God, uh, if God wasn't busy enough, he'd help me with something. You know, sometimes I bring that kind of attitude. But if I can take the time to look back on the good that God has done, my faith can become activated again. If, if I can go back and look and see what God has done through our relationship with our son, Corbin, I can look back and see that the faith that I was able to grow from when we were trying to have a baby through in vitro and that didn't work. I can easily look back and say, that was a miss. But if I only see it as a miss, because I got to tell you, my faith has never grown as much as it did after that unanswered prayer. It's never grown that much, not before or since. It was a huge leap of faith. It was a huge growing season of faith. 
my marriage. God in my marriage. I've been married for almost 16 years. I mean, we're in the middle. You, you and I are standing right in the middle of a prayer and a hope of what it would lead, of what it would be like to lead a church, to lead a community in the city of San Marcos. And look at us now. Look where we are. I want you to not dwell on, but remember, remember what God has done in your life, what God has done for your family, what God's done for you at work, your growth, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. And let that remembering, let those memories prompt your heart to hope and to expect. I want to share something very special with you as we're kind of wrapping up the year, you know, before we leave. Before we leave, what has God done at the heart? What has God done here in our community? So I want to share a few things with you. This year, we had uh, our first time, uh, anytime someone's here for the first time, we like to give them a swag bag and, you know, uh, tell them about the heart. We had 55 first-time guests this year. And looking at these numbers, some of them, I've, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, 55 the whole year? Doesn't seem like much. But after, I, I feel like after quarantine, I'm like, bless. You know, one new person a month. 55 first-time guests this year. Super cool. And that's all in person. I'm going to share some numbers that have to do with our online and streaming, all that stuff, next week. So come back next week as we talk about that. We had people, uh, uh, we had a few people baptized. We didn't do a bunch of baptisms today or this, uh, this year. We had six people get baptized. But you know what's so funny is we had someone come from North Austin, had never been here before. And I was like, that's okay. You don't have to go to church here to go to church here. We can do a baptism. And then we had somebody who drove up, this is true, from Laredo, a Sunday morning, came here to get baptized, and him and his family drove back to Laredo. And I was like, why, why, are, you coming, why are you coming up here? And I've, we found out what people were doing is uh, Google searching river baptism in Texas. And apparently, we're the, only, we're the only church doing baptisms in the river. So we had six people baptized this year, a few children as well. We had, uh, uh, I think it was 16 people who gave for the first time this year. It's a big step to give for the first time. It's a big step to give any time. But doing that first gift, that first financial gift, it shows a little bit of trust. It shows a little bit of trust for the church, a little bit of trust for God, and a little bit of trust for yourself. So that's a big, that's a big deal to give for the first time. And then uh, uh, the last thing is people who served for the first time. So people who chose to be a part, that's what Matt was talking about earlier, uh, uh, opportunities to serve, to volunteer, either on a Sunday or during the week. Twelve people took that step for the first time this year. Y'all, I was looking back at these numbers, and I was just so, so grateful. And not that I'm not grateful before, and, and not that you're not grateful for waking up in the morning, or that you're not grateful for your family or your health, but there's something special when you and I take the time to remember that God has done that. To remember the lives that are being impacted by what we're doing here, what you're doing here. 
I want you to expect God. I want you to be brave enough to hope for big things. And I want you to prompt that this week by remembering what God has done in your life. Would you close your eyes for a moment and pray with me? God, we're so grateful to be able to be a people who have seen you do big things, who have seen the mountains that you've, that you've moved, the people that you've healed, the relationships that you've mended, the families that you've brought back together. God, I pray this week that we would dare to hope, that we would dare to expect. Expect more life. Expect more love. Expect answers to prayer. We love you, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.